0: off and I say thank you I say thank you, amen let's go to the book of Judges was that strong? did you blow them out brother? it's probably okay because I couldn't hear out there myself amen Judges 11 chapter 11 verses 1 through 4 we're going to teach and preach about a guy that is just simply not very well known and I only recall ever one other time speaking about this man and I love his story. It's been a long time the Lord placed this on my heart for today. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. He was the son of an harlot. Gilead begat Jephthah, and Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah split, fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob and there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him this is the prime example maybe not the but a prime example of Old Testament law and custom all the brothers got together when they were grown of age and they said uh You know what? Your mother is not worthy. This makes you not worthy. You're both unworthy. And so the Bible says that he fled. He left his brothers. Just listen to this one little meaning right here. We know that they they threw him out, but the word fled, has a different meaning. It means to put to flight or be driven away. So we look at this guy and we understand that he does not really have any opportunities here. And so he's driven right out of the house, right out of the family, right out of all of the inheritance of his father. And so he leaves. He does exactly what he has to do. But there's something missed when you read this and you just read over this story. Whoever, whoever named this boy, J-E-P-H-T-H-A-H, it's, a, it's an interesting name. It doesn't seem like a whole lot. I don't know who named him, his mama. Usually it was the daddy on the eighth day of life. They had a ceremonial gathering and uh, there were other things done and they named the boy. And uh, But I don't know in this setting considering who his mother was. I don't know how exactly it went. and It's not real clear. But we're reading the Bible now as the story has already unfolded. So we already know already things that They weren't known at the time of his escape from this family. And so as we read it even, we we miss something. And that is somebody spoke into this boy's life. Somebody spoke destiny into him. And I want to just talk about this little thought for the next little bit. A name greater than. A name greater than. And if you see those dots, that's just anything you want to put there. A name greater than. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, I thank you for the effects of prayer that we still feel here from our prayer revival. Thank you, Jesus. For the unity that's in this place, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Thank you for the Sunday school classes today, for all that you've done. Now, Lord, I just ask you, to touch me. I need it. I need to be touched. I need a fresh anointing. Thank you for your word. It's anointed. It's forever settled. We trust it. Touch every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. We thank you for all you've done, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, thank Him right now. God bless you. Thank you for being faithful. You may be seated. It seems kind of simple enough to me that uh, coming from this Old Testament story of this uh, embattled woman who has uh, lived a life uh, full of immorality and uh, all types of problems and struggles that uh, on any number of occasions could have had her killed. And uh, so we, we think about uh, this type of a setting. We think about this lady. It's an Old Testament law, some of the things that she was doing and who she was connected to uh, could have had her killed on any given day. You know the laws of scripture and the laws of family and the, and the laws of spirituality. Uh, they they always proclaim death when we do wrong. I mean that, that's a that's a biblical picture. We see it. We read it. We understand it. But this boy is born into this setting and he. Cannot change who his father is, no more than you and I. He cannot change who his mother is, no more than you and I. And he is raised up in this family of what we'll call. Blue bloods. They had the same family. They were. They were all. They felt like unity or something. And and so they look down on this boy and they say, "Your your mother was a nobody. She was a sinner. She was a uh, undeserving of of anything." And when this is all settled, we want you to know that you are not our brother. You do not belong here. You may never have any inheritance from our Father. When He leaves this world, you will have nothing from Him. And better yet, get out of this house, get off of this property, turn in the keys. It's stout. You got to read it. You got to read it. It's, it's stout. But what they did not know is, or what they had not been. Uh, uh, willing to admit to this point is his name means God will set me free I want to tell you something I don't care who your mama is I don't care who your daddy is I don't care how much money you got where you come from, what you look like what language you speak what the tone of your skin is it don't matter any of those things But what does matter is if you've already got a promise and a destiny in your mind and in your heart and applied to your being, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So... Let's just look at this. Here's this guy. He's unwilling, but he's got a name that means God will set me free. It doesn't make any sense now that they take this boy and throw him out and say, you go figure it out. Most of all, the Old Testament laws and privileges and customs carried throughout time and into the life of Jesus. It it was why uh, the the religious people of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and and the people that uh, were very accustomed to a certain type life It's the reason they hated Jesus, the reason they called him a blasphemer because he was preaching something else. When the law said death, he said, but there can be life. And that crossed their religious thinking. Sometimes you can get caught up in religious thinking and nobody around you can be saved. I know people that have been so religious all their life. When they got old enough, they realized they couldn't even be saved walked away from it all that was religion that wasn't experience so the entire Old Testament I say the entire a vast majority of these things are brought over into the time of Jesus and then although it doesn't say this uh clearly in scripture into a time that we call the grace dispensation in in the book of Acts and where people are filled with the Spirit of the Lord for the first time and they no longer have to go to a priest or a prophet or behind the veil to ask forgiveness. Many things change. The Bible said Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. Watch this. So if a woman was found in adultery or in any kind of an act, The law said she had to die. But Jesus Christ runs into one of these situations where they come throw this woman at his feet and, and they say to him, say, now she's caught in adultery. A uh, master, what do you say? What are you going to do? They're ready to kill her. They're ready to expel her from the church. They're ready to say, you're, you're not worthy here and you don't fit here. You don't belong here. What are you going to do? But they wanted to see, would Jesus follow the law? He simply kneels down and begins to write in the sand. What happens at that moment is pretty incredible because everybody that was accusers walked away. Could it be that the Lord began to write their names in the sand and the sins they committed? Could it be that he looked at some of those guys and began to write dates where they had been visiting her? to say nothing they were looking for somebody to kill they were looking for somebody to destroy they were looking for somebody to apply the law to Jesus was looking for somebody to set free See, that's the difference when Jesus come to fulfill the law the fulfillment of the law is freedom the fulfillment of the law is hope the fulfillment of the law is eternity with Jesus Christ The fulfillment of the law is being filled with His Spirit and being led by Him. Ah, y'all help me now. Watch this. We get to the New Testament. Jesus deals with that lady. And then when we get to another place, the Bible says that when sin is finished, it brings forth death. And after death, the judgment. Folks, that's the Bible. And that's, that's a fact. That's truth and that's law. But let's not, let's not forget that's not the end of law. Just because in the beginning, if you committed a sin, you, you had to die and pay for your sins, lost for eternity. The finished law is at Calvary. The finished law, the completed law, the settled law is on the day of Pentecost. It's in the baptistry in Jesus' name. It's at an altar repenting of our sins because what happens is we learn how to embrace and love the law to where the law don't kill me anymore. Now the law spares me. Watch this. Come on. See, some of you are already messed up a little bit, but let me tell you. The Old Testament said that lady had to die. Jesus said, no, she's going to live. The Old Testament said that if you sin, you're going to die. The New Testament said if you'd repent and be baptized, the same law that would have killed you is now the law that will save you. I want to tell you something. There's a name greater than any of our sin. There's a name greater than our sickness. There's a name even greater than the laws that we have set about ourselves. Psalm 103 and 11 and 12, the psalmist said, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I want somebody to hear me right now, somebody that feels unworthy, somebody that feels second-rate, somebody that feels like a grasshopper, somebody that feels second-class, somebody that feels like a little bitty person among a bunch of big old people. I want you to hear what I'm preaching to you right now. The Lord Jesus Christ has a name that's greater than your insecurity. He has a name greater than your depression. He has a name that's greater than your spiritual oppression. He's got a name that's greater than your battle, greater than your struggle, greater than your fear, greater than the fear of losing a loved one, greater. Somebody needs to hear me right now. Somebody needs to hear what I'm preaching right now. There's a name greater than what's bothering you. Watch this. Watch this. The law says a man with infirmity can't even go to the church. It seems all backwards from nowadays. But listen, what it says in Acts three and one. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple to the temple in the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple ask alms, he was a beggar. He's asking for money. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. It's a name greater than your shame. It's a name greater than your last court hearing. It's a name greater than an It's a name greater than your financial distress. It's a name greater than a struggling marriage. It's a name greater. Come on, hear me. What I'm telling you is that the Lord can speak to our destiny in spite of who we are or where we've been or in spite of our failure. When the law says something else, His grace changes and completes what that law says. When the law of Scripture said, you're going to die, you're going to be buried, your soul is going to go to hell for eternity, Jesus Christ said, but whosoever will, let him come. Come on, somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you. Absolutely, the law applies to the guilty. Then what changes? It's once we come in contact with the Holy Ghost that our guilt is clean. Our repentance wipes off our sin sheet and God rewrites an old story. Why? Why? Because there's a name. I want to tell every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place, I don't care what they called you in school. I don't care what they called you when you were an inmate. I don't care what they called you at home. I don't care what your family calls you. It doesn't matter what your DNA says. There is a name that can be applied to your life that's greater than any possibility, problem, or probability that ever will You're not hearing me. See, some of you have pray for blessing, but you gotta get a hold to the name. Some of you pray for healing, but you gotta get a hold of the name. I come to tell somebody today, we have a name greater than our sin. We have a name greater than our circumstances. We've got a name greater than a doctor's report. We've got a name greater than war. We've got a name greater than a pandemic. We've got a name greater than a sickness. We've got a name. Woo! Can you imagine the woman... At the well when Jesus walks up he wants to know why her husband's not drawing water he says where's your where's your husband the story starts to unfold rather quickly when she says she doesn't have any I don't have one And he said you're right You've had five, and the one you're with now is not yours. And she said, who is this great man that can tell me my past? I want to tell you something. The Bible says, and the law says, and the law of mankind says, that woman has got to be rebuked, removed, and maybe even executed. But there's a name greater than religion. There's a name greater than a rule book. There's a name greater than what I've ever taught my children. There's a name greater than than any way I was ever taught or raised. If we can get a hold to the name that changes our destiny, what should have been will never be, and what we missed out on, God restores the time. I wish some people would praise him right now. There's some people in this building. If you'd just realize, if you'd live for him, he would settle those situations. All he needs is a commitment. He's not looking for anything else. He don't have to have us to be God. He don't have to have us to be powerful, but we've got to have him to have anything. Greater than our circumstance. Leprosy spells Death. But when Jesus Christ speaks to the leper, he says, go show yourself to the priest. It was the who that spoke. He spoke in in language they could understand. And all of a sudden, what should have had them killed, they, they they were doomed to live outside the city, away from all the people until they die and succumb to their sickness. But there's a name greater than sickness. There's a name greater than house rules. You know, a lot of times people, people are lost out of pure embarrassment. I, I, I've been that, that guy and I've known those people lots of times that just made a mistake dropped the ball, had a failure, maybe had a colossal failure. But at the end of the day, do you really believe in Jesus Christ? Or was you just pretending? We all right? Do you you really believe there's a name greater than that failure that nobody knows about or that one that become public? conversation there are people there are ministries, there are teachers, there are singers there are songwriters there are lovers of souls that are just sitting on pews all over the world that just need to understand there's a name that will save you there's a name that will deliver you there's a name There's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. Are you hearing me? Is there anybody in here that prays in the name that I'm preaching about? Is there anybody here ever been baptized in the name? Is there anybody here dedicated your children, had your marriage prayed over, anointed your house or your car or your circumstances? You made sure that when you're buried, you're buried in the name. There's a name that's greater. Wow. Wow, wow. She realized at the well there was a name greater than her own. We need to realize. Can can you imagine Simon Peter standing on the night, the evening, of the condemning and crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and somebody walks up to him and says, "Hey, this guy right here was with Jesus." He said, "What are you talking about? I don't, I don't, I don't even know the man." And a second person comes and says, "Hey, this guy right here—it's—it's—it's it's, it's this guy. It's him." And he said, "What are you talking about? I've never—yeah—we saw you by the fire with him. I've never been with Jesus and his." Come on, man. You got me mixed up. And the third time to try to fit in with the world and, and try to really, really cover his tracks, he goes to cussing. Just want to really get, you know, let them know that no, y'all are all wrong and 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 I'm gonna just go off into this cussing spree for you. Just to try to prove my point. Today, that would be considered blasphemy. This side of Acts and this side of the experience to deny Christ like that would be considered the worst sin that could possibly be committed. What does Jesus do? He gives this guy the keys to preach the only doctrine that ever survived the test of time. You may tell you why? Because there's a name greater than your sin. There's a, It ain't going to get no better than this. You better get out of it what you can. Somebody hear me right now. There's a name greater than the situation that you're in right now. There's a name greater. On several occasions evil spirits came and they tried to Get in the way of the things that the Lord Jesus was doing into the flesh. But every single time, evil would hit a stone wall that said, not here. Not Can you imagine having the power and the authority that Jesus Christ had and has to where he just stepped out of the boat onto the edge of the bank, onto the shoreline, And these thousands of demons inside of one man run to him and fall down and begin to worship. And he don't say a word. Let me tell you why. Because there's a name greater than an enemy that makes a stronghold in your heart. It's greater than hate. It's it's greater than a grudge. It's greater than last year. It's greater than that time I went through that I still don't understand. It's greater. There's a name. There's a name that's been given. The storms, the winds obey. A name so great that it changes the molecular structure of water at the word and the wine. A name that speaks to the storms and to the wind, to the seas and says, just relax now. What are the problems we bring to the Lord today? Somebody's sick in our family? We should commit ourselves to the Lord on behalf of those people. And go all in. He he's not he's not just a God that says, Hey, swing by every now and then and pick up a blessing. He's a God that says, if you just live for me, some of these things you'll never even be dealing with. Because the name. John 21 and 25, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. That's John talking about Jesus. He said, if it had all been written down. Now in the last few moments of this thought, let's get back to Jephthah. Judges 11, we'll read verse 3 again, then we'll go through 6. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren and dwelt in the land of Tob. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. And it came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel... The elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. Isn't that interesting? I was rejected and wasn't needed, and my mama was so terrible that I wasn't even worthy to be here. But all of a sudden, we get into war, and we send the elders out to find you. Verse 6, And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain." that we may fight with the children of Ammon. You see, something happened from the time that boy left until the moment that Ammon was fixing to put a whipping on them. They realized they had cast out the one hope they had. You don't read about him a whole lot in Scripture. There's not a big long story and a, and a lot of lineage except for just where it came from. You, you won't see it and hear a lot of things, but I'm going to tell you something. There's something about a person that has power inside of them and already has destiny spoken into their life I can't tell you how many times, I literally cannot tell you, I could not count the times in the last 25 years that someone called me and said, hey, would you pray for me? And I said, yes. Have you called your pastor? Have you contacted? Well, our pastor don't believe that, that miraculous healings are for this day and age. I don't think I could go set. And listen to a dead message. I couldn't listen to a dead song. Come on, somebody hear me right now. Who do they they always call? The church folks. Let me tell you why. They cast you out on Friday. They cast you out on Saturday. You don't fit in the party anymore but you let something come up, who are they gonna call on? Do we mind it? Not at all, but here's my advice. If you'll get an experience, you'll be able to call on him for yourself because there's a name greater than any struggle or any fear or any doubt that you'll ever come in contact with. Somebody, I'll just praise him right now. People aren't asking you to pray because of who you are, who your mama is, who your daddy is. They're asking you to pray because they know you have a name that's greater than their situation, that's greater than their problem. Can you imagine old Jephthah? He's out there. He's just got a bunch of old sinners that followed him out of town because now they're all looking at him like the son of a harlot, and they've sent him out of town, and all these vain men follow him. They're sinners. They're talking about ugly things. They're doing ugly things. They're involved in terrible situations, and they don't care anything about God. They followed him to this place. So it's not like he's somewhere off having revival. But he still got something that's been attached to him. That hell cannot change. That sickness cannot defeat. That addiction cannot destroy. That a colossal failure does not take away. The Bible said his calling is without repentance. If he's ever called you to the altar, he's not going to take that back. If he ever called you to the baptistry, he's not going to take that back. If he called you to sing his songs, if he called you to preach his word, if he, somebody needs to hear me. He's not a God waiting on an opportunity to excuse you. He's a God waiting on an opportunity to heal you and deliver you and set you free and make your name rise to the surface and say, I may not be what I was supposed to be, but thank God I'm back where I'm at. Thank God I'm here now. I might have missed some time. This guy, he comes in and he helps them and leads them and everything good happens and he just kind of rides off into the sunset and you, you you don't read about him you don't you don't you don't you don't follow him you don't try to keep up with his life and his children i mean it's not like it's david or 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 jonathan or elijah or Isaiah or daniel or somebody you know where you just just keep longing to I mean, he, he just he just comes in there and he says, "Yeah, okay, I'll be the captain, and uh, so I'll, I'll I'll come do your dirty work for you, and we come in here and whip them up." Story's over. Let's move on to the next one. But I found something. You go all the way. Some two millennia's. and you find yourself in Hebrews and there's a chapter called the chapter of champions where all the greatest men in the history of history, their names listed there don't let this slip by you Hebrews 11 and 32 and what shall I more say for time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their Dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth and all these these all having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect what's he saying he's saying I'm going to give you the names of all the greatest people in history and they didn't have the experience of the name." And unless you take it, unless you embrace it, all those miracles that they were a part of would have died in vain. He just said that, but, but, but let's get back to something. Did you see the names on the list? Samuel, David, Gideon, Barak, you'd have to go study his story, incredible warrior. Samson. And right in the middle of this is this boy whose mama wasn't worth keeping around, whose life meant nothing to the law, and whose birth was an embarrassment to his family. And all of a sudden, in the very middle, in the 11th chapter, in the chapter of heroes, in the chapter of champions, right there with the best of the best, we find this guy. Why? Because somebody, I'm done, Sister Beckham, somebody had enough, had enough belief in the Lord to give him a name that meant God will rescue and save and spare me. And on the day when those boys needed saving, the only thing they could turn to was the thing they used to curse. (laughs) Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Well, I just can't can't get out of yesterday. So you're going to live in a spirit of condemnation That Paul reminded Timothy that God don't even possess that spirit. Or are you gonna say yesterday is gone? But there's been a name applied to my life. Now I'm gonna tell you what I, I would do. This is what I would do. If I hadn't taken on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in water baptism. I would do that today. I want to tell you why. Because once you take on his name in water baptism, then you start having the rights of the Father. Let me just explain something real quick. There's an old will. It's called the Old Testament. And there's a new will. And it's called the New Testament. What is a will and testament? To have a will and testament, somebody's got to die. you got to have a testator. Will and testament. The Old Testament closed, still under the authority of the law. The one to complete that and come make all things right, we call that the new will and testament of the Lord but before you can have a will and testament somebody's got to die in the Old Testament it was a ram it was a bullock it was a goat it was whatever but in the New Testament who died because he said if the blood of a goat or a bullock could roll the sins away for an entire nation for a year what more could the blood of Jesus Christ do for humanity's eternity? Watch, though. Watch. We got, we got to see this to the end now. Jesus Christ is born. He lives. He dies. The New Testament plan, now there's a name. When they sit down and they open up that wheel, they begin to read, the Bible said that all those who are saved and all those who have taken on his name, who are buried with him, the same shall be resurrected with him. There's a a list of all those names. So when the New Testament is read, when you get to the book of Revelation and the book is open and he starts calling out all the names, guess what names he's calling out? Family names. Here's just another reason we're baptized in Jesus' name. Not just to take our sins away. Not just to give us a new nature. But there's going to come a day when the book's open and the family name's going to be called out and the inheritance is going to start being passed out. See, if I show up at the will and testament and reading of your family I'm not going to be listed there and I'm not going to get that prime property and that coin collection that's all going to go to people whose name's on there you with me? but those who have called unto his name and have served him and become people of the name of Jesus Christ. They've got a name that's been applied that's greater. Come on, singers, come on. Think about this. I I don't don't even wanna talk about heaven or hell just for a few moments. I don't even wanna talk about eternity. I wanna talk about some promises the Lord blessed me with the privilege of raising three beautiful daughters. And those girls could come still today and say, Daddy, I need... And my heart would pick up a beat before they ever got finished. Can you... Oh, I hope it's something I can do. One called yesterday. And I started thinking, well, oh, can I? Can I? But you know why I get that privilege? Because I'm their father. And their name is going to be on my last will and testament. And if I can give to them in death, I want to give to them in life. It wouldn't work the same. If your daughter came and said, "Daddy, will you buy me a new car?" I'd say, "Huh?" <laughs> "Daddy, can you can you help me with rent this, huh?" <laughs> Think about that a minute. I want to have the name that is so powerful that I can go straight to him for myself. I don't need a church. I don't need a coalition. I don't need a quorum. I don't need a vote. All I need is... And a whole lot like Jephthah. Let me tie this in right here. Jesus Christ was renounced, denounced, kicked out, and crucified. He wasn't worthy. His mom and daddy wasn't married when they found out that he was coming along. And he was judged for all the wrong reasons, never having been given a chance under the law. How quick things changed. I want us to stand together right now. I just wonder, if there's anybody in this place been praying about being baptized, being rebaptized, anything you've been praying about, adding the name of Jesus Christ to your experience. I could not, I could not encourage you more than to do that today. Yeah, we've got clothes, we've got a towel, and we've got warm water. You can't be like the guy in the in in New Testament that said, Well, I, I won't be baptized, but there's no water. Yeah, there's some water. But I just wonder how many people would just submit their lives to His name and to His will and to His ways. I wish we'd just come to this altar. It doesn't matter if you kneel, if you stand. If you bow your head, if you raise your hands, I wish you'd just come as a as a sign of committing your life one more time. Because there's a name that's greater.